0: How you doing, Daniel Ruiz? Tyson is available for Thursday, the 26th of October, 2017, with me, Daniel Ruiz. Tyson, episode 183. I hope you're all well. Keeping on doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. Sweating the small stuff. The small things do matter. And uh, an unusual show uh, today, acoustically in that for the uh, first time ever I am recording from the man so I don't have to worry about traffic. It's been a a difficult start to the week for me. A week that had the feel of a filler episode in a drama. You know one of those episodes uh, mid-series where nothing is really happening. You know it's just going through the motions. It's felt like that. Uh, 10 painkillers uh, over the weekend, didn't mention that on Monday's show, I don't think, I think the show had been uploaded uh, by then, episode 182 had gone out, and uh, there was the return to the man on Monday morning, I was awake from 0340 hours dreading the return, that's the thing about me. Uh, You know, when my routine is broken, I do struggle. It's the first time in years that I've experienced that feeling of having to return to the man after taking some leave. I am very much a creature of habit. I need that routine. I'm too undisciplined without it, which is, you know, one of the reasons I never have lie-ins. I need to be sharp and I, I feel at my sharpest in the early morning. So I can do the early rises for the man if I'm doing it day in, day out once i had those six days away suddenly i was missing my old life and certainly the return this week was difficult not helped at all by my argos simple value alarm clock is there an alarm clock out there with a dimmer light i don't think i paid more than four or five pounds for this alarm clock like everything else in my life you know done on a budget but i do think they should have worked on a brighter light and uh, charged an extra pound or two pounds. You know, I would have paid that. Who thought, yeah, that's ready to sell. That's ready to go to Argos. Let's roll these out. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe it's an alarm clock for night workers who get up in the early evening maybe and for much of the year don't need a light on their alarm clock. Maybe it's only a summer alarm clock. I don't know. I suspect at some point during this winter that I'm going to have to invest in another new alarm clock. All sorts of clicks that you might be able to hear. I've never been in this room before. It sounds like the light switches. I'm just looking around and trying to work out where that clicking is coming from. Uh, I'll push on. Monday morning, I realized it was half term. I had no idea. My imaginary son, of course, just goes to school whenever he wants. So I'm not too au fait with the school holidays. The October half term was, looking back, I think that was my favourite school holiday of the year. You went back to school, the Christmas countdown started in earnest. I was able to get a seat on one of my um, available-to-me bus routes, which is unusual, early morning. And that was the moment I twigged. There were no school kids around. There's always three brothers who get on that particular route They get on for just one stop, three tubby kids, and uh, I always think, you can't walk that one stop, really? Shift some of that weight, you can't do that? Staying with buses, uh, Monday night, 23rd of October, 1822 hours. I was uh, seeing Spanish Carnu, I'd got this single-decker from Brixton, the 322, London's worst bus route. And uh, I noticed a scalp on the live streaming footage on the bus screen, and I was convinced that that was the back of my head, but it wasn't. I realized that wasn't mine, because I was standing on that uh, single-decker. There's no point sitting on a, a, on a single-decker, I think, if you're a guy, because you're just going to constantly have to be giving up your seat. So I was standing, and uh, this head belonged to a guy sat at the back of the bus, an identical head. I was just taken aback really by my back of the head doppelganger with the uh, allegedly rear bulbous back of the scalp the Spanish hairdresser had infamously referred to. Uh, A story covered in one of this show's early shows of its uh, peak radio era nearly four years ago now. But uh, it just, it was identical. I have a feeling that this show might actually be one of the bite-sized podcasts that this one of shows was actually meant to be. I'm looking at the running time and I've gone through that uh, top of the show uh, worryingly quickly. Uh, Nelly, my old friend Neil, celebrated 19 years of marriage uh, yesterday. Congratulations to him and his wife. What do you say on an anniversary? Many happy returns, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know what you're meant to say, but uh, congratulations, certainly. Either way, 19 years, here's me. I've not even seen two consecutive World Cups with the same woman. Nelly, our regular listeners will know, has multiple sclerosis. And uh, the reality is, sadly, he won't make many more anniversaries if he doesn't get the stem cell transplant treatment that he urgently needs. Just under 35,000 of the 90,000 raised so far that could save Neil's life. They've been trying to raise this money now for 14 months. If you'd like to support Neil's friends and family in their campaign to raise necessary funds, visit GoFundMe.com forward slash Even sharing it on social media, just that alone, that helps. Uh, Twitter is at Do follow him on there for the latest updates. You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available the other side of the midlife crisis. Uh, You can uh, follow me on Twitter at 1607 West Egg, that's 1607 West Egg. Facebook uh, is facebook.com forward slash Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available and you can email the show DRT available at westegg1607.co.uk ways to support the show. You can do all your Amazon shopping by clicking on the Amazon referral link at danielruiztizen.com. Amazon recognises you've gone to them via the referral link on my site and it kicks back a small percentage of whatever you've purchased back to my work at no extra cost to you. Of course, with uh, Christmas coming up, this is uh, the biggest opportunity of the year for the website to again start paying for itself. There are over 500 shows on there, And for me to be able to keep that archive online, I do need to cover these uh, regular uh, website costs. Further ways to support the show, you can rate and review the podcast on iTunes. That, I always say it, that really is important. Reviews, not just ratings here, not just, you know, ticking four or five stars or however few stars you want to give, but a review. Taking the time to give a review, that does make a massive difference. The show gains greater visibility in the iTunes store. More podcast listeners searching the store become aware of uh, of this show and I don't have to keep disappearing after a run of 25 or 45 shows, however few it might be. This year, I'll have done 40 shows, which is uh, down on 20 shows last year. And uh, the podcast will have only been around for about six months of the year. It is hard to build an audience like that unless you're specifically doing limited runs, which is not something that I do. That's not something that I do. I don't say this is a a limited run, this is a second series, this is a third series. I just do blocks of shows because that's all I can do. For me, the best podcasts are the ones that are with you every week of that year. And you know where those podcasts are, you know what day they're coming out. That is the show that I would love this to be. And that's uh, so far eluded me. Editing, I think. I think that's the difficulty for small-time podcasters. And I think that's why so many independent podcasters disappear. They start shows that quickly tail off after they realise the commitment required. And as a listener, I don't really like committing to those shows myself. I can't remember if I mentioned it on episode 182, but I became acutely aware of the slog that is editing podcast right from the beginning with Please Don't Hug Me, seven and a half years ago. Obviously, I think the first two or three episodes, I think the difficulty for me was trying to learn how to edit. That's not, you know, I'm not technically minded and that's not something I ever wanted to do, but um, I realised from the beginning that it was important to learn how to edit your own work your own show so you had control over it the original idea of please don't hug me was that we would get uh, editors to put the work out there to do the work for us we even met with a couple looking back that was a that was a stupid idea but a few weeks into the show i began to realize just what a complete slog it was and uh, i've never shifted my thoughts On that, it is a complete slog, and I think that is why a lot of independent podcasters uh, just disappear. You know, every week I'm editing and I'm thinking, God, this is a lot of work. Is it worth it? I mean, right now I'm doing it two nights a week, and... uh, I do regret making this commitment. I almost got to the end of the year without uh, bringing the show back, being responsible and just focusing on that one piece of work that I need to get out there, and I didn't quite make it. And for that, I'm disappointed in myself. I look at this show and the difficulty I have working as live, which is what I'm trying to do right now, in spite of the audio you might be able to hear coming from the uh, meeting rooms next door, which I can do absolutely nothing about today. For me, it's just nice to be able to talk continuously today without having to worry about traffic or motorbikes, like you heard on uh, episode 182. But uh, this difficulty of trying to work as live, trying to keep the show as radio-esque as possible... I just wonder how on earth I almost did 70 live radio shows because I just feel that as a presenter I am regressing significantly and I think how would I do radio now? Would the adrenaline alone be enough to carry me through? Is that why I was able to do the live show so well and so effortlessly? Am I that kind of presenter? Do I need that adrenaline? Is that why I find podcasting so difficult and dull to do? Of course uh, doing the radio show I didn't have to edit. i given the show file by the engineers after we came off air I got home I uploaded the show I went to bed about 2 in the morning the show was on the website it was up on iTunes and uh, when the show returned to podcast only format in January 2016 and I, I can't say that was, the, uh, that was the right decision for the show I can't say that To have to edit again for the first time in two or three years, that really did come as a real shock. I'd forgotten just how much work that was. And hey, just to make me feel at home, a police siren in the background. No matter where I am, those police sirens will find the podcast. So, um, you know, that support is important. Shows like this, they need your support. Subscribing, whether via iTunes or the RSS feed or your platform of choice, again... That's another straightforward way to help the show. And perhaps you might even consider making a secure donation to the podcast by the PayPal button by each of these available podcasts as they appear on DanielRuizTizen.com. Rather worryingly, uh, not too many of you guys listen via the website and uh, I'm not sure given the amount of work it takes to upload the shows, that I'll be uploading it to the website as a matter of priority. That may be something I just do when I have spare time and uh, upload the shows in uh, groups. So uh, closing in on November now, of course, uh, Halloween uh, next week. Um, I've booked in the plumber for mid-November. One thing that worries me, apart from the uh, disruption... I might have mentioned the other day as well that concern, you know, that you, you've got a workman in your in your flat. They're going to be there all day. Of course, they're going to be using uh, the loo. That 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 bothers me. What else bothers me? The fact that he has a hotmail address. I stand by my firm belief that you should try to avoid doing business with anyone that uses a hotmail address. But uh, I need this boiler fixed. The guys come over. He's taken a look at it. Did a free estimate and. Uh, I can only hope that his workmanship is as good as uh, the game that he talks. There's a barbershop on South Lambeth Road fronted by a guy who years ago looked like he was balding. He had a mullet and uh, he used to brush the receding top of the head high so you couldn't categorically point at him and say he was bald. A decade later, he's reined in the mullet and he's managed to hang on to the top of the hair on the scalp in an impressive way that reminds me of how Phil Collins battled so valiantly to hang on to his hair island throughout the 80s and uh, recently I think because I heard it on the radio and it wasn't necessarily a song that I enjoyed at the time I thought you know Let me be straight here. I wasn't a big Phil Collins fan, but I thought his work in the 80s was very consistent and of a decent quality, until groovy kind of love. Hearing that recently on the radio, I actually revised my opinion slightly, and I thought, that's not a bad song, actually. It's the keyboards that really date that song, and the word groovy in the chorus line never worked, but I think... After that song, Colin's solo career, his output definitely went into decline. I'm not sure he has the mullet in the video to that song. He's still got the hair island in that. But uh, again, you couldn't say he was bald in that song. And that's around late 88. He still had the hair. For five or six years, there seemed to be no evident decline. You know, he had the hair island. He had the mullet. And I always thought that if I was happy to go bald, I'd be happy to bald in that Phil Collins way. Because he... I don't think I've ever seen a balding guy look better than Phil Collins during the 80s. Anyway, this barber on South Lambeth Road reminds me of uh, Phil Collins in that respect. And uh, the reason I mentioned the barber before going off on this uh, Phil Collins tangent is that on the shop front, on the uh, front of this barber shop, he has his hotmail address. And uh, when I tweeted this back in the late summer, someone tweeted back along the lines of, what for... Who emails a barbershop about a haircut? And, uh, you know, I completely agree. That was very unusual. Tuesday evening, I met up with uh, Whole Fast Network co-supremo, Jack McEnroy, the man with the biggest hands in uh, podcasting. I was uh, hoping to meet up with both him and Mickey Boyd. Uh, Mickey Boyd, unfortunately... uh, I couldn't make uh, last Friday or rather he couldn't uh, but I probably should have made more of an effort uh, during my week off to uh, to do so. I've only seen uh, Mickey once this year. It was nice to meet uh, Jack. You know, sad to hear him confirm that uh there are no plans for him to return to podcasting. It's not something he misses, but you know, pleasing to uh, to know why he's not doing that. He's got some big projects in the uh, pipeline, uh, which uh, you know, as and when I will definitely be uh, mentioning on here. Uh, let's move on to the cafe. Uh, There's been an influx of waiters this year and, uh, you know, that time off from the man last week uh, gave me an opportunity to see who's come in, what they're like, what their customer skills are like. And, uh, uh, you know, I've just missed that development this year. Uh, Usually I'm I'm able to see how uh, these waiters uh, kick on, as I mentioned in uh, episode 182. Uh, These days, a lot of them, Most of them, I'd actually say, don't stay on too long. The cafe is very much, in terms of holding on to its staff these days, a diminished Ajax-like figure. You know, when the Bosman ruling came into football in the mid-90s, the club that probably got hit hardest were Ajax. Within a year of winning the Champions League in '95, I think within a year, they'd lost about four or five of their players to the big European clubs. And, uh, you know, Ajax, even to this day, 20 years on, modern football, if if you were to try and think about which European club has been affected most negatively by the money that's come into football, it is Ajax. They're just a shadow of what they were. So last week, uh, you know, I had this opportunity to study the new waiters. Uh, there's an agent, Lothario, now on the staff. I noticed him a couple of Saturdays ago, 1st. He's got that kind of jaded look, fading looks, but still good-looking enough to think he's got a few big misadventures left in him. Likes to get your payment at the table. That's something that I'll have to sort out. I'll have to show him that I do pay uh, at the bar. I think if you were looking at how good-looking he was in comparison to some of the other you know, good-looking waiters over the years, I think he'd make the top 10 because uh, I don't think there's a lot of competition on that front in my near two decades of going there I I don't think there's any sort of waiters that would stand out that you would say you know that guy that guy could have made it in Hollywood The way I usually uh, work it with the new staff, you know, they come in, they're eager to please their bosses, they really actively wait tables trying to get another drink out of you. So I try to avoid the eye contact. Uh, I was dragging out my lattes last week with this guy, dragging them out like the last 16 of the Champions League format, you know, which is dragged out over four weeks, avoiding giving them eye contact. 2011, you may remember another one. Uh, The waiter whose uh, original English was limited to uh, another one. That guy really was hounding me in the spring of 2011. Was really stinging me for an extra latte each time I was there. And it took a long time for him to see that I was a guy who likes to nurse his drink. Um, I limited my rapport with him. But obviously he came back, if you uh, remember, in late 2014 as the uh, owner, the original owner was nearing the end of her of her life and uh, two of them came back uh, to help the cafe through that critical time he was one of them and during that second spell of his we managed to get a, a regular handshake off the ground he did like his uh, traditional manly handshakes this is the uh, the waiter with the upper left uh, stunted canine tooth you might remember and uh, just as I do like to drag a latte out I'm looking at the, the time on the um, Stopwatch I've got on the uh, the handset it's saying twenty two minutes with a bit of editing probably looking around twenty minutes but I'm I'm pleased that I've managed to get this show past the uh, twenty minute mark. Another of these new waiters looks like a Neanderthal version of Terry Scott from Terry and June, much hairier, doesn't speak any English, which uh, causes a lot of difficulties with some of the clientele. One thing I noticed about him during my week's leave was that he pops into the loser lot. The customer lose, that is, not the staff lose. I don't know where the, the uh, staff lose are, but I would imagine there are some on the premises. And uh, I'm not sure what his reasons might be for popping into the lose. I'm not sure if that's work related, if that's part of his duties to check in on the lose. You know, if there's something in there that shouldn't be in there or shouldn't have been left in there, whatever, clean it up, flush it, whatever. So uh, I don't know if it's that or if it's something else. He does wash his hands afterwards, to be fair, but I just prefer a specialist toilet staff member like the veteran waitress who's been carrying out thousands of emergency cleanups in those loos behind the uh, swing saloon doors in my 17 years there. Because when you start getting the waiters adding toilet duties to serving, I think it might confuse them in that the visuals of what they might be seeing behind those swing saloon doors might brutalise them, you know. They might forget they're bringing over say a dish of some fancy fish and you know their thumb starts encroaching on the plate you know th- the visual of what they've just seen in the loo or what they've seen over a matter of days and weeks it brutalizes them they, they the lines are blurred for them they forget their waiters of course Portuguese Terry and June might just be uh, using the loo to urinate in maybe he's just too lazy to go to the staff loo's wherever they are Which, um, as a customer, it's not a great spectacle. But I think for me that would be preferable to thinking he's doing his bit in there to keep them clean. Because I just like the waiters to specialise in waiting. That's how I like my waiters. And that is it. That is today's show. I hope you guys enjoy your weekend and do what you do well. You can only do your best. Shoulders back, people. Keep on walking towards the sun. I'm back on Monday. David, what's the point? What's the point of doing this, David? I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson, and this week I have been available.